excuse me, good morning. Again, it is awesome to be here this morning and, and see you. We, I missed you last week. Some of you I saw midweek, but, uh, but again, thank you for the opportunity to uh, let uh, me and the other youth experience what we experienced. So this morning, um, I'm going to talk about something that we, we all leave, we all need, we cannot live without. And it's something that we're, we're pretty good at this at this church. But I'm going to talk about love. I'm going to talk about love and how love is the greatest of these. Love is the greatest of these, and love just kind of binds everything together. Love, the scripture I'm going to read here in a moment, I've read at both weddings and I've read at funerals. Because no matter where we are in our life, this scripture, the example of love that God gives us should be placed in our everyday life. I know Rhonda and I have been married for a long time. And I know she, she loves me. She, she puts up with me. I don't think she likes me every now and then. Because I mess up. Does anybody else mess up? If it wasn't for that love, things wouldn't be the same. So whether it be in our marriages, in our other relationships, love for us to be who God created us to be, and for us to experience the joy that God has for us, it has to be woven in love. I'm going to start out, I'm going to read the first 13 verses of the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. Uh huh. Excuse me, the first 13 verses of the 13th chapter, I'm sorry, of 1 Corinthians. You may find it. I'll, I'll get it for you, Ricky. Here you go. Got it? You got it, buddy? All right. Good deal. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial comes to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in, in the mirror a dimly, but 
but now we see in the mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully. Even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. And the greatest of these is love. And this is the word of God. For us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for this opportunity. Lord, this opportunity to proclaim your word. Lord, thank you for sharing your love with us. Lord, I pray that this morning as we, we study the scripture, Lord, we, we, we hear your word. Lord, that we receive the message that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love. Love is an important thing. If you study Corinthians, if you look at the 12th chapter, Paul discusses spiritual gifts. He describes those gifts. 13th, he talks about love, and he reveals how long things will last. And then in the 14th chapter, he starts talking about how they relate to our daily life. So this morning, I want to talk to you about love. And love's another one of those words, I've told you about several words in our society today that really gets watered, watered down. It loses its meaning. When we talk about it in conversation, sometimes we lose what love truly means. I mean, we can love a pair of tennis shoes. We can love a TV show. But that's not the type of love that Paul's writing about right here. The type of love that Paul is writing about is the love that the Father has for us. Okay? Not the watered-down version, not the diluted version that we use in normal conversation, but true love. And it is the greatest. But in chapter 13, again, Paul writes about love. He writes about how love enhances everything. Not only enhances it, but without love, certain things, nothing really has value. No matter how wonderful that there are, that things are, it has no value. A matter of fact, we all have some abilities, but if we don't combine our abilities with love, they have little value. No matter what abilities we have, unless we combine that with the love that comes from the Father, they really don't matter. Same way with knowledge. I can know everything about everything. I can quote all the scripture you want me to quote. You can, I can know quantum physics. I can know everything, but without love, it does not matter. And I don't know quantum. I can barely say quantum physics. So I don't know it, but I, I, can, I know how to say it sometimes. Even our service, without love, it really doesn't matter. Unless we do it with a loving heart. The love that comes from the Father, the love that the Father has blessed us with, even our service don't matter. You see, the quality of love that Paul's talking about, the first thing he does, he, he, he tells us what love is. Love is patient. Love is patient. It endures slights, it endures wrongdoings. It allows us to look over shortcomings of folks. 
Because of love. God's love covers a lot of my faults. And I have some faults. See, love is also kind. Love is kind. It's obliging. It's willing to serve. It's willing to help each other. Those things are what love is. Love is not. I want to give you a few things love is not. Love is, does not envy. So love is not jealous of what other people have. Love does not boast because love truly knows that without God we don't have anything anyway, so we can't boast. But love does not boast. Love is not arrogant. Love is not arrogant. We're not swelled with pride because of love. If we're swelled with pride, it's something else. If we're vain, if we're conceited, those don't come from love. Love is not rude. Love is never rude. Sometimes I am. Other times I want to be, and I hold back. But love, the love that comes from the Father is not rude. It does not seek its own way. Love does not seek its own way. I'm going back to a couple things love is. Love is not irritable. Love is not irritable. So it doesn't fly off into a rage. Love doesn't lose its temper. Love's temper is always under control. Love thinks no evil. So even when someone wrongs us, if we're really living in love, we're not thinking about what evil thing we might want to happen to somebody. You see, love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. You see, love rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. In regard, it believes all things in regard to conduct of others. Love corrects constructively. Love does not tear one down. Love does not belittle. Love lifts up. Even when correcting somebody, love lifts up. Love has good motives. Love hopes in all things. In other words, when we had that love in us from God, we look at the glass being more than half full. It's not whether the glass is half empty or half full. The glass is always overflowing. We always have more. God's blessed us with more than we deserve. You see, the thing that we know is the love also endures all things. Love endures all things. Our love can be shaken. Our, 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 our human understanding of love can be shaken. But love itself endures everything. It endures everything. And we know since we were a child that God is what? God is? God is? God is love. So we can replace these words that Paul describes love with with God. And we can know then that God is patient. We know that God is kind. We know that God does not envy. We know that God does not boast. God is not arrogant. God is not rude. God does not seek his own way. He seeks what's best for us. His way is what's best for us. That's what God seeks. God is not irritable. God thinks no evil. 
And God does not rejoice in wrongdoing. God rejoices in truth. God bears all things. God believes all things in us. And God hopes for all things. Those same attributes that Paul's writing about love, he's describing the God that we serve. He's describing the attributes that God, the perfect attributes of God. The God that loves us. And our goal as Christians is not to be like the rest of the world, is it? Our goal is to be like who? Our goal is to be more like Jesus Christ every day. Like Jesus Christ every day. So really, if we really want to grade how we're doing, we can replace those, instead of saying love or instead of saying God, we can put our name there and see how true it really is. And it makes it really personal when we do this because the perfect love that God has blessed me with, I don't always show. So when I can tell you that God, that, that Stacy is patient, I might have somebody that may disagree with me. But my goal is to be patient, like God is patient. Stacy is kind. I, most of the time I am. Thank you, Ricky. Everybody needs a Ricky. Amen? Stacy does not envy. And again, you can just go through and replace the, your, the, the word love with your name. And that's our goal. Our goal is to be like Christ. Even though we fall short, when we do, we repent, we get up. God forgives us because he has that perfect forgiveness. He knows our heart. And he allows us to try again. He allows us to try again. I come up short. Ricky and my mom may not believe it, but Robbie can tell you I come up short at times. There's times that I don't show these attributes. But God loves me anyway. God offers me forgiveness when I do come up short. You see, because God's love never ends. It never fails. And again, we're talking about God. We're talking about God. God's love abides. As a matter of fact, there's a song that says that they'll know we're Christians by if we're right about something, right? They'll know we're Christians if we won the argument. They'll know we're Christians if we have a lot. No, they'll know we're Christians by how? Our love. Someone shouldn't ask, have to ask us if we're Christians. They should see us as Christians because of the way we love each other. They should see us as Christians by the way that we love our community. They should see us as Christians by the way we love even people we don't agree with. That's hard sometimes. Because you know what? I do have pride. Sometimes I let that pride get, get in the way of my love. But you see, God's still there to, to give me that forgiveness, to offer me that forgiveness. You see, because his love never ends. Amen. Faith, hope, and love. All of these three are important, but the greatest of these is the greatest of these is love. Okay, we have faith now. Faith means walking without fully seeing. We know some of the greatest attributes of God, but we can't really experience those. But we have faith that we're going to. 
We have hope that we're going to. But love fulfills all three. Love is the middle braid and the braid of all three. Love lasts forever. When we're in heaven, faith, our faith in God got us to heaven. What Jesus did for us on, our, on the cross and, and he rose for us on the third day and us putting our faith there assures our eternal life. And we have hope that because of Jesus' sacrifice that one day we're going to experience this perfect love that I'm talking about. But when we get to heaven, all we're going to experience is perfect love. Can you imagine? Have you ever experienced perfect love before? Have you ever been in the exact place at the exact time that you know God put you there? That's peace that you cannot describe if you've never experienced it. When you feel God's love and you feel God's grace because you're doing what He wants you to do, you see, that's the type of feeling we're going to have when we're in heaven. You see, because love never ends. It doesn't go away. We'll still be experiencing love except we'll be experiencing the perfect love all the time when we're there. Wouldn't you like to share a little bit of heaven with people you meet every day? Wouldn't you like to show a little bit of God's love? And I say a little bit because we don't know what it all feels like. Because we let so many of our selfish desires and stuff get in the way of it. But everybody you meet needs God's love. Everybody you meet don't need to know how smart you are. Everybody you meet does not need to know how much you know, how right you are about every issue. But they need God's love. And you can give them that. Even if you don't have a whole lot of financial resources. Love is free. That's what people really need. We live in a world that can sometimes be cruel right now. People are beat down. And sometimes the same people that need love the most are the ones that lash out. You've heard the saying that uh, hurt people hurt people. Have you heard that before? Hurt people hurt people. What I want to challenge you this week is the opposite of that. You see, because I, I, I can guarantee you that loved people love people. If you've experienced God's love, you will show love to everybody you meet. Just like hurt people hurt people, love people love people. Even the one that's, that it's hard to like sometimes. You see, because the love that I'm trying to describe here, the love that Paul's writing about, is greater than anything we know. Again, they'll know that we're Christians. How? By our, by our love. By our love. If you're here today, you haven't experienced God's love in this way. Or you may be listening online and you don't know the type of love that I'm talking about. I'd love to pray with you. I would love to show you the love that comes not from Stacy, but the love that comes from heaven. The love that's not from an imperfect person, but a love that's from a perfect Savior. If you haven't experienced that, I pray today that you experience that type of love. Again, I thank you for being here. I thank you for this wonderful church. I thank you all for loving me. Let me pray. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all that you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you for the many blessings you bestow upon us. But Lord, thank you most of all for your love. Lord, help us experience that love in new ways this week, Lord. Help us apply that love to our lives, Lord, where we can have an experience with you like we have never had before. But Lord, most of all, give us the strength, give us the courage to pass that love along. Again, Lord, we live in a a world that's hurting. Lord, we know that everyone needs your love. Lord, I pray that you use us as a vessel to carry your love into this hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen.